Supply chains today constantly require the need to be highly adaptable, agile, and responsive while simultaneously being innovative, sustainable, and cost-effective. But how does this happen when your supply chain is continuously evolving? Welcome to Supply Chain Picks, a collection of podcasts by DHL Supply Chain, featuring subject matter experts across Europe, Middle East, and Africa who bring you logistics insights to help understand, predict, and respond effectively to the trends and challenges facing your logistics supply chain. This episode is called e-commerce fulfillment and keeping up with the era of instant gratification. Our guests are Hendrik Fenter, CEO for DHL Supply Chain for Europe, Middle East and Africa, and Claire Leneau, Vice President, Business Development and Account Management e-commerce. And I'm your host, Nishani Primaratna. It's a pleasure to have you both. Let's get right into it. Hendrik, my first question's for you. Speaking of e-commerce, what have been the biggest changes in the space of e-commerce you've seen over the past two years? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Nishani. Yes, e-commerce. I, I think for me, the biggest change was probably was the speed of adoption of e-commerce or the online shopping by new consumers and the rapid maturity of online shopping. It was absolutely phenomenal. The COVID-19 pandemic obviously has accelerated this e-commerce boost as high street shops started closing. And the only alternative to get to get non-essential goods were to buy it online. And many of our customers in the retail and consumer space um, were not in e-commerce yet, or those who contemplated um, the e-commerce strategies had to accelerate the rollout in order to remain in business or survive. And they were looking at us as logistics service providers to make this happen basically overnight and to establish for them an omni-channel or pure e-com operations for them. So we expect this omni-channel trend to continue and even to further accelerate in the coming years. Specifically in Europe, um, one of the biggest e-com um, uh, changes which we noticed was obviously Brexit, um, specifically also the impact it had on e-commerce. Um, and Brexit reintroduced the tariffs and the non-tariff barriers through new EU regulations on, um, on VAT and duties. Um, and to avoid these problems of customer duties and import sales tax and bureaucracy, um, as well as longer delivery times, companies started setting up in mainland Europe stockholding locations. Um, so DHL facilitated this by offering multiple plug-and-play and, and on-demand storage solutions close to European demand centers. Um, Nishani, other trends which we noticed are um, increased returns. So the growth in e-commerce also increases the amount of items returned. And the reverse logistics in one of the big, is one of the biggest logistics challenges brought on by e-commerce. The, the need to deal efficiently with, with, um, with returns is a growing part of providing convenience to online customers. They value the ability to return items quickly and easily, and ideally without cost to them. And as online consumers mature, so do their returns um, um, increase. Another trend is um, hyperlocal fulfillment. Hyperlocal fulfillment is um, consumers demanding same day or next day delivery either to the convenience of their own, own home or to the local stores. In order to be profitable to meet those demands, logistics managers are, are now reviewing their networks. And as a result, there's an emerging trend of um, highly distributed networks um, of very small local fulfillment centers located um, in, in, in different um, areas across Europe. 
Uh, we're also seeing an increase in digitalization and robotics. The more e-commerce and consumer um, demands continue to grow, the greater the need to improve warehouse and transportation processes. And this requires to continue to invest in new technologies and to work smarter and faster and more efficiently. And I think one of the trends lastly, which I would call out is most probably the sustainability awareness. In order to address the increasing demand from consumers uh, for sustainable online shopping, online retailers are now focusing on eco-friendly um, approaches in their supply chains with solutions like um, sustainable packaging, uh, climate neutral shipping options, as well as closer to um, consumer fulfillment. So considering all of these, many companies opt to partner with uh, third-party logistics service providers like ourselves, um, DHL, to complement their in-house resources and capabilities, which enables them to quickly and effectively scale so that they can capitalize on the e-commerce opportunities. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, as a consumer, uh, one is not fully aware of what happens once you click place an order. So and Claire, question for you in considering these trends that Hendrik just described, can you explain how these trends have impacted the supply chains of our customers? Yeah, thank you, Nishanin, for the question. So e-commerce represents a very powerful sales channel and also a huge growth opportunity for businesses that's forcing them to rethink, especially for companies that are, you know, whether they are B2C and also B2B, yeah, to rethink their overall sales and distribution strategies. But as the e-commerce continues to gain importance and influence, what businesses need to think about is effectively how they are going to solve the supply chain challenges that comes with it so that they can capture the business value that sits with it. So the push to adopt an Excel e-commerce presents both challenges and opportunities for the businesses. And when we've listened to our customers, you know, some of the key themes that have, you know, emerged and that they're looking to us as a company to, you know, to kind of help them and guide them through are first and foremost, how to best execute an omnichannel fulfillment. Yeah. When historically those businesses may have been purely B2B. Omnichannel is one of the two key operating strategies that can be supporting a business to deliver successfully and execute their e-commerce growth strategy. So if I can just take the time to define what omnichannel is, yeah, I just want to just to make sure that everybody and all the audience understand omnichannel is about making sure that the business is actually able to sell their product through multiple sales channels that are offered so that they can actually unite both their store and the internet shopping. And what that means, they need to be present both from a retail store's point of view. They need to potentially also be present through marketplaces, through their own brand.com web shops. They potentially are selling as well via mobile apps. And therefore, what it all means is transacting with customers and end consumers who, wherever they're shopping from, want to experience a very seamless customer experience. So that drives some, you know, real thinking from companies on how they can offer that seamless experience. And importantly, from a supply chain point of view, how to actually um, consider some key elements. So first is stock. How can I make my stuff, a stock available? 
Um, where should it sit? How much value do I need to deploy in order to fulfill across all of the sales channel that I need to be selling through? And also, you know, when do I reserve stock for B2B versus B2C? So that's one of the first question that from a supply chain point of view, brands are often considering. Another element is obviously the cost. The cost of fulfilling an order online versus a B2B order is, you know, is different because suddenly you introduced the delivery of last mile to end consumers, which is a different cost to actually having to deal with delivering to retail shops, for example. It's got a different cost, yeah. And another point is effectively around speed to market. When our customers are wanting to offer customer experience that is based on the end consumer expectation, which may be next day, sometimes it goes as fast as same day delivery. There is a cost and a speed that is required that needs to be supported by the carriers that they partner with. So that comes with customers actually really uh, wanting to actually understand how can I best support my omnichannel strategy? What are those elements that I need to be mindful of and how to address that? Um, the other thing that obviously comes as well with um, dealing with online and e-commerce sales is the fact that it is sometimes very seasonal. And we all know about the Black Friday. If I take, you know, peak moments during the year, Black Friday, for example, is a typical huge peak. And the ability for brands and retailers to actually handle that peak from an online order point of view needs means that from a supply chain point of view there are lots of consideration to be you know to be sought about and also to be planned for also i think you know one of the real thing one of the real topic that is of interest and at the forefront of the mind at the top of the mind of our customers is about having return solutions that are both efficient and consumer friendly um, Hendrik has indeed alluded to the fact that returns are really important. They are even more so important when you think that actually it is something that defines whether you onboard new customers because new customers are looking online as to what the returns policies are. And they're also, you know, very important, the returns, you know, solutions are also very important to actually retain customer. So what is super important for brands and organizations is to think how can I offer a return solution that supports speed so that I can return the product as fast as I can into my warehouse and therefore be able to actually process the returns and recredit back yeah, because of the end consumer that's placed his order and returned. And just lastly, um, there was a thing, one of the last points that Andrik actually mentioned, he was talking about sustainability. Sustainability is very high on the agenda of our customers and legislation is changing as well. So what that means is that our customers are coming more and more towards, you know, to DHL and asking us, you know, what can we do? And there are lots of ways for us to actually be more sustainable in the way that we help our customers fulfill their e-commerce. It could be through, you know, warehouse sustainable solution is about also using transport sustainable solution. And it's about supporting our customers in the packaging and the way that they actually, you know, package their products and also how much fresh air is being um, is being shipped when we fulfill and we send that pick, you know, that picked order. So here is my synthesis, I believe, of um, 
how we can, you know, what supply chain challenges are coming at the forefront of our customers' mind. Yeah, and so if I was a supply chain manager in in these in in a large multinational company, and considering everything both you and Hendrik described, Hendrik, to you, I ask, how can they overcome these challenges to meet growing these growing customer expectations? I think the, the, the one constant that is associated particularly with, uh, with e-commerce today is rapid change. And as a result, e-commerce supply chains required and need to be highly adaptable, agile, responsive, while simultaneously being cost-effective. The solution is not to develop supply chains to meet customer demand at any cost. The challenge and what differentiates businesses and logistics service provider winners from losers in this e-commerce battleground is to do both, provide outstanding service to your customers and consumers, while at the same time drive down the total cost to deliver. Claire, would you say there are some major distribution strategies that particularly stand out and have proven to be more successful within e-commerce? And there is no clear winner that we've seen determining how the e-commerce distribution should be managed in the future from three different types, Nishani. The first one is obviously having a dedicated e-commerce facility with dedicated inventory. So that completely separate from the B2B traditional retail, you know, um, business environments. The second one is actually having a multi-channel facility where both B2B and B2C operations are being fulfilled from, combining the inventory. So effectively, you've got a single stock. And then the last one is actually having, again, a multi-channel facility where you fulfill both B2B and B2C, but you distinguish and separate the inventory between the online and the traditional. Therefore, intricacies and complexities of e-commerce fulfillment are one reason companies choose to outsource to some of, you know, companies like DHL. And they are known as hybrid approach, particularly, you know, for organizations that need to scale up quickly, sell across country borders, or don't want to actually fund the necessary infrastructure investments. They don't want to do that in-house, and therefore they turn to DHL or, you know, other 3PLs in order to to manage this complexity for them. We've seen a hybrid approach actually, you know, very clearly emerging with regard to companies such as big brands who are launching and going direct to consumer to adopt and to choose our European fulfillment network. So what that means, and let me explain you know, what this means tangibly. So the European Fulfillment Network is where effectively a customer's online order is actually sent to one of our DHL supply chain fulfillment center. The product are stored. Then we pick and pack the order that we've received and the order is delivered by best-in-class carrier within each of the markets to meet the delivery expectations and the sustainability ethos. But what makes this solution more flexible as part of a distribution strategy, particularly for e-commerce customers with smaller volumes and also smaller product portfolio, is that the European Fulfillment Network is a modular pay-as-you-use model. So that means that we internally, we have, a, we have developed, we have standardized, standardized operational and IT processes all the way through. 
which means that we can integrate and implement and onboard customers much faster than we would if it was a dedicated warehouse because we're integrating as well with directly with marketplaces and carriers. Just touching on one of the points that I've made around the distribution fulfillment strategies initially, it's really important just to explain that I've had a number of discussions with different companies in terms of the maturity of e-commerce. And I think what's important is, you know, I've come to you know, realize that effectively there is no one model that actually suits all organization and depending on their maturity on the e-commerce supply chain, I think there are different, potentially three different types of solutions and fulfillment, you know, ways of operating that actually would support and can help them. The first one I refer to the European Fulfillment Network is where indeed they tap into a shared user you know, very flexible pay as you use, you know, pick and pack operations, which enable them effectively to start, you know, piloting potentially, you know, new products, launching into new markets, and really, you know, starting to grow and to test their e-com offering. Once they've actually, you know, grown and, you know, they're more they're more confident that e-commerce is the right way forward for them and the volumes are picking up. There is a tipping point where effectively mechanized and potentially automated solutions in a multi-user environment is absolutely also the right thing for them to move into. And this is, for example, brands who are, you know, who've gone into, you know, direct to consumer and are actually talking about, you know, more of their own brands coming in, for example, more product lines and the volumes become such that, you know, it makes sense for them to go into mechanized solution because there is, you know, a cost, you know, per order that becomes suddenly, you know, enhanced and that reduces as a result of the mechanized and automations um, implementation. And I think the last, you know, type of fulfillment strategy is still, you know, it's still a way of operating. I'm still referring in terms of way of, of operating is the fact that, you know, there are very large e-com companies out there, very big volumes. And that's where effectively in themselves, they were rent a dedicated e-fulfillment operations, potentially with much more, you know, um, capital expenditure around automation and mechanization. So, yeah, when I speak to customers, I always, I always try to actually gauge where are they in terms of their maturity so that, you know, I can best, you know, advise them with regard to whether it's a multi-user pay-as-you-use or a multi-user mechanized solution or actually dedicated and fully automated or mechanized solution. So as the volume grow and the brand becomes more mature, in selling online. What we've seen is those customers potentially go towards more mechanized and automated solution because it makes more financial sense. So there is no clear winner, Nishani, but all operating models is something that the Atom can support with. And um, both of you stressed on how most customers are reaching out to third logistics providers like DHL supply chain. So Hendrik, you're the CEO for the region. Talk to us about how DHL supply chain in Europe, Middle East and Africa is set up to support our customers who want to ensure they can exceed their own customer expectations. Um, we've got a well-diversified portfolio across EMEA and we manage the e-commerce supply chains of more than 70 customers currently. 
And this includes pure e-commerce customers, omni-channel solutions, as well as dedicated and multi-user setups. We also cater uh, for very small online retailers to utilize any or many of our warehouses close to European cities on a plug and play or pay-per-use fulfillment service um, uh, uh, setup, as, as Clear explained, with our EFN product. Um, customers include a, a cross mix of retail, consumer, life sciences, technology, engineering, manufacturing, and, and also automotive. And we provide storage for um, services, fulfillment, vast deliveries and return services, again, as Clear explained. And this is spread over more than 750,000 square meters of e-commerce warehousing space um, in dedicated and multi-user facilities. And it's managed by more than 8,000 um, trained e-com operators uh, across this region. Our people are definitely our differentiator. Whether um, our resources are permanent or temporary, we train our resources and we pride ourselves in being a reliable partner providing proven e-commerce solutions with a very strong knowledge of ex expertise across the organization to implement and to manage e-commerce operations. And this ranges from small to large in terms of scale and low to high in terms of complexity. This includes a strong experience specifically in managing peak season um, um, activities for multi-leading brands across the region. And um, speaking of people, you mentioned earlier, Hendrik, um, I think one of the biggest challenges in operations and fulfillment that the logistics industry is facing today is labor. And perhaps I turn to Claire. Um, how can businesses mitigate these labor challenges? Yeah, there, there is no doubt, Nishani, that effectively the e-commerce boom you know, is one of the factor that effectively is contributing as well to the shortage of labor in the logistics industry, no doubt. Yeah. It's in particular during peak seasons. Um, I think I've referred earlier on to the, you know, the peak days. I mentioned Black Friday. Well, if you consider Black Friday in itself, you know, some of our retailers are saying 30% of their annual volume happening within the Black Friday. So therefore it's crucial for them that the orders are fulfilled on time because otherwise the customers won't be coming back. It's so important. And therefore, to help mitigate that labor shortage is the increasing use of automation in warehouses and DCs because it can enable to provide around the clock, you know, um, labor or you know, picking activity. And also, it enables us to actually work faster, so improve the productivities. But the technology that we are using in our warehouses and distribution centers are not simply for technology technicianly. It's not designed to be replacing humans with machine. It's there to about meet, you know, it's there to help us meet customer expectation around the clock. We use DHL supply chain. We use automation in many instances and many different types of operations because it enables to meet the required service level in quite a constrained you know labor market. Um, just you know to give you a sense of scale like I did earlier, I mentioned about 30% of annual volume happening on Black Friday. Well some of our e-commerce retailers can process can process yeah up to 500 thousand orders per day in a single day. This is huge and therefore handling these volumes is not something that can be done manually just for the sake of a day because the number of labor 
and temporary uh, labor that you would require to do that is you know is not something that can easily be done especially in a constrained market so this is where we dhl supply chain we've identified 12 focused technologies with clear benefits for our customers to improve efficiencies and you know they include or they range from assisted picking robots that can help you know improve picking productivity but also we can go into more automation such as for example you know box and demand which is a packing station packaging where effectively we optimize the packing because if you look at e-commerce the majority of the labor where it's drawn is towards picking and packing and therefore the technologies that DHL is effectively focused on are those that are going to be supporting all of our customers across all sectors and industries, but specifically the one that are relevant to us in e-commerce relate to the picking and the packing. Uh, a few other ones just to mention, uh, you know, we potentially also, we also deploy and we use in some of our operations, you know, wearable devices that enable hands-free operations. And again, it makes picking processes more efficient. Um, and yeah, and just to, you know, I could go on because there is, you know, 12 technologies, but these are the main ones that we're looking at and we're deploying fast within our organization and using to support the peak. Yeah, initially. Thank you, Claire. And um, Hendrik, final question. You know, we can't ignore the times we are living in. Um, it, and this has also impacted volumes of online orders. What's your long term perspective here? I think e-commerce represents a significant logistics market and, and the growth is forecasted up to 47 billion euros by 2025. Our customers expect from us a best-in-class e-commerce experience so that they can in turn provide a seamless shopping experience again to their customers. And therefore, we need to continue to invest specifically in our people, continue to train them to become experts, we need to continue to invest in innovation, digitalization, robotics to ensure we remain at the top of our game, continue to invest in sustainability to make sure that we are responsible and that we can help define the logistics industry of the future. So we need to remain a top employer to attract talent and, and, and specifically resources for peak periods. And given the, um, also the scarcity and availability of land and warehousing in Europe, our real estate teams will also continue to invest in prime warehousing locations close to big demand centers, which we can in turn be um, making available for our customers. Hendrik, Claire, it's been a very insightful conversation. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Picks. If you are a supply chain professional or simply keeping up with logistics trends, please share this with a colleague or a friend. You can find us on DHL.com or connect with us on LinkedIn at DHL Supply Chain.